Welcome to the Game Rage Music Show. that sound means that means it's time once again for another episode of all gas no trash slash the good ass music show tiny little asterisk also the game rage music podcast as always my name is josh i'm here today with adam howdy and we are here for episode number 24 so close to that milestone 25th episode and Today we have a pretty good banger set up, I think. We have a, a nice little story by Adam. It's going to be talking about a show that he went to and an interaction he had with a with an artist, which was pretty amazing. We're going to talk about whether or not artists have a shelf life. And then we're also going to discuss and listen to a couple of new songs that Adam is going to be introducing us to from a local artist in the San Diego area. Band. That has peaked, or band, yes, that has piqued his interest. So... <clears throat> Why don't we get started with your, uh, let's hear it. Let's hear your story about, uh, going to the show. All right. So Friday, this past Friday, rather, okay. uh, January 12th, I went out to a show with Johan of Hedy FM, which okay. is somebody that I, I suppose, I, I suppose I work with, um, I do a live program on Hedy FM, a online radio station. And we've also been featured with our podcast on the platform as well. Yes. Yes. So. Before I had even gone to the fucking show, I drive out 20 minutes, 30 minutes from where I live. Yeah. And wouldn't you fucking know it? I forgot the goddamn tickets. Oh, man. Yeah. So it was funny because I, you know, it, it's it's almost <laughs> uncommon to purchase tickets and actually have the like, physical yeah. ticket itself, right? So for this one, I thought, you know, I got to have the actual ticket for this particular show. So I got them in the mail maybe a month or two before the show actually happened. And the whole time, the whole fucking time I had them sitting on my desk. I was looking at them. I can't fucking forget. <laughs> Every time I yeah. looked at them, I, I, I was trying to program within my mind. Don't forget these fucking things. When you go out from when the show actually right, happens, yeah, yeah. walk out the door, drive 30 minutes. I'm basically halfway to Los Angeles. Yeah. And then I think, Oh fuck. I forgot the goddamn tickets. I called Johan up and say, bro, I, I, I fucked up. I got to go back home and, <laughs> and go get the goddamn tickets because I for, fucking forgot them. He's like, no worries, dude. You sh- you left early. I left early enough to. That's yeah. that's why you leave early, right? Yeah. Is so that in case some shit happens, yeah. you can make it back in time. So ultimately, uh, I actually, we made it maybe, maybe three minutes or five minutes before actual doors opening. Yeah. So I picked his ass up. We stood outside the line and we walk in. And of course, the artist that we uh-huh. saw, or I actually don't know if I did. I even bother to introduce the artist of. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you said right, who yeah, it is. So yet. the artist artist name is uh, Sedona, and this is an artist I've been following probably since 2020, and maybe this. I believe the song that introduced me to her was Closer, which was released in February 20. February 27th, 2020. So yeah. pretty much then I've been an ardent fan of hers. And I, 
I think I reached out to her on Instagram itself and just told her how much I appreciated her music and, you know, that I thought she was an exceptional artist and she had, you know, all the runway to become an accomplished artist. And, you know, I, any, any time that I was able to be helpful towards her in some way, I, I, and I don't, I'm not saying this is exclusively something I did for her, but rather I just do it for artists in general. If I feel like I'm capable of doing something to be helpful, whether that's getting their music plugged on the radio or, uh, you know, connecting them to the right people, whether that's, you know, promoters or anything like that. I, I try to be helpful. So, uh, one situation that I, I was involved with back in 2021 was I was actually working for somebody, uh-huh. uh, and the project was called label squads. And what, what it basically was is we were trying to provide label services for artists without actually owning their music or anything like that. So it, it, it allowed artists to be independent, but it, it was like a whole support supportive system for them. So, to- so it's, it's just, so I understand it's, it's essentially the, all the positive aspects of having a label, but essentially not the drawback of them owning your music. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we would, you, you could help, we would help them with like their pre-release. Yeah. The release itself, the post-release. So we'd come up with like the marketing and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was somebody that was more or less an A&R or s- scouting talent. And mm-hmm. I, I pitched a number of artists and Sedona was one of them. And I remember telling the person that was basically my boss. I told him, Hey, this, this is somebody that I think we got to reach out to. I don't, I don't know where she is in terms of her career. Yeah. Uh, as far as being an artist goes, but this is somebody I would love to work with. And I think, I think you would appreciate her. So he ended up reaching out to her and it so happens to be that, uh, she actually came on board to be a consultant for us to, Mm teach us maybe some things about how to release music or how to make things happen. Cause I, as I came to find out with Sedona, um, she, I, I didn't actually get to find out in what capacity she's involved with the music in- industry itself, mm. but I just knew that she knew the game. Right. And the reason that I know that is because one of the people involved with her project was this woman named Haley App. Appel or Apple. I, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but mm. she's a creative director and somebody that had worked previously with another popular artist named Remy Wolf. Yeah. But also it's just the, it was just the, uh, the artist that she was playing with. And I'm like this, Caroline mm-hmm. Polachek is a very large artist that many people know. Yeah. Just in general. So, uh, one of the, one of the times I actually tried to go see Sedona was at, and this is this is a story I've told before in in one of the previous episodes. But I drove all the way out to Hollywood, and I didn't leave early enough in time. And uh, Sedona was actually playing at a secret show with this woman named Caroline Polachek. Mm. And uh, by the time that I got there, the line had already started wrapping around the entire city block. So I thought, "There's no chance I you're going to get in. Yeah. I'm going to get in." And there were a couple other shows that I wasn't able to go. She played at this place called the Zebulon in Silver Lake. And then <laughs> the it, Zebulon, what a great, what a great oh, fucking you know name, what's man. Even better. So when you go into the place, uh-huh. uh, probably near the bar, there's, there's a quote. And I think it's actually macho man's quote. The, uh, sky is the limited space, space is, is the, the place. place. Yeah. Oh man. That's so cool. Yeah. So, uh, I, she played a show there and I didn't get to see her perform. 
And then there was one other show at the Smell, which I've talked about previously. That yeah, yeah. place fucking reeks like eggs, and <laughs> rotten eggs. It's, it stinks. It's horrible. Um, so I just for the last up until this point, it's been maybe three close to four years where I haven't been able to see her. And it, even when I was supposed to work with her, I mean, yeah. I ended up leaving the 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 company that I was involved with. So I was actually supposed to speak with her like personally. And, and then I ended up leaving. So it, it just felt like fate was kind of steering me away from her. So yeah. there was actually a time where I was like, fuck this. I'm never going to go see this person perform ever. Cause I, I just had nothing but bad things. Like, right. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, come this show, we go out to it yeah. and we walk in, of course, Sedona standing there over by the booth and, and, uh, I, I didn't, I mean, I was just trying to not rush her. Cause I, I know she has with, with any artist, they're approached by a bunch of different people. And then, yeah. you know, I'm always trying to be conscious about that to, you know, try not to overwhelm them or be imposing or anything like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to find the window and I'm like, I don't know where it's going to come from, which plays a key in the future of the, the story. Key factor. So, I had it set out that I was going to get the autograph from this artist, Sedona. And uh, I, I hung around the booth for a minute and she, you know, she ended up going to the green room before her set. And I didn't have the fortune of meeting her before her, yeah. her, 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 her performance, but I was talking to her friend who is also a creative director and I actually f- followed her. So maybe, I don't know, maybe, Maybe we can reach out to her and see if she's open to uh, doing doing a podcast with us on. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, I'm always down without without censored podcast. And, oh yeah, I think it'd be really interesting to reach out to her because she she is going to be directing uh, Sedona's music video. So I, I'd oh, like to cool. hear maybe about how she formulates all the stuff to create a music video and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the show actually. Um, it's time for her to go on stage. So I, Johan and I approached the, the stage and we're just kind of meandering around just yeah, waiting for her to, to start performing. So then I, I actually passed by this woman. I just kind of like nodded and smiled politely like, Oh, you know, kind of say hello or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and then she, she ended up standing next to me and I think she initiated the conversation and mm-hmm. I don't know what she asked me or what she said. And I just, we just started talking about Sedona. I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm a huge fan of hers. I haven't been able to see her for the last four years. Yeah. And, uh, and I just kind of explained why I think she's a G I just kind of, <laughs> I, I bombarded her with information of like, <laughs> yeah. like of just all the stuff that I knew about her. And, um, and she's like, oh, oh, that's so, that's so lovely. Oh, whatever. That's very sweet. Yes, she's thanks. like, oh, I'm actually the mother of uh, Rachel or Sedona or whatever. Yeah, huh? And I'm just like, that's interesting. <laughs> How interesting. Yeah. And I, I just kind of explained to her that, um, you know, it was my mission, my prerogative to, you know, I, I live, you know, more or less an hour away from Los Angeles. Right, and I yeah. just kind of explained to her, you know, I drive all the way out from here to come see your daughter. And, and, um, you know, I would love to have her autograph. And I don't remember exactly what she told me is I'm paraphrasing. But she's like, Oh honey, you don't have to worry about that. I'll, we'll get that taken care of after the show. And I was just telling her, I'm like, uh, you know, I, I usually, I kind of told her a small part of my story that 
you know, for the last four or five years, I've just driven around Southern California and it's not exclusive to just Southern California. I love discovering music from here locally and yeah. other parts of the world. And, you know, this is, it's the time and the place for me to be here. And, and I'm like, I, I'm going to capture your daughter's set and yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to get, I would love to get her autograph. And then that's when she told me, um, she'll, she'll help me like make that happen. So Sedona's set. I mean, dude, I, okay. So there, there were a few problems. So, <laughs> oh man, here it comes. I mean, mostly like everything that I captured was mostly good. Right. right yeah. But her friends were surrounding her mother, which who was right, right directly in front of the stage. And a, f- a few of uh, Rachel's friends or Sedona's friends are rather, uh, statuesque, rather tall. Oh, okay. so my, my view was obscured of Sedona a couple times, but uh, I mean, I made it work. I, I did the best that I could to, yeah. to make the best of it. And I mean, the music was awesome. There were a few songs where maybe the mix was bleeding. The, the vocals were mixing with the instruments and it just right, didn't. Yeah. But for the songs that mattered, the songs that I wanted to hear, I mean, they came out as good as you can imagine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sure enough, as the show ends, I, I sent, Funny enough, like her mother gave me her phone number and and I just sent her like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I captured your daughter's set. As soon as I've, I, as soon as I'm capable of uploading the videos, I'll send them to you. And uh, she's like, oh yeah, let's, well, let's go get the signature taken care of. So man, this, this woman's so sweet, like very, very supportive of me and, and very helpful as she was kind of guiding me through. Yeah. I mean, that place was packed. Like Sedona actually so either sold it out or was damn near close to it. Damn. And, uh, we were just, you know, going through an ocean of people just trying to swim through. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we walk over to Rachel or Sedona and, uh, she's like, Oh, you know, she like, Sedona has to like bend down to her mother and she's like yeah. kind of whispering like, Hey, this is, this is Adam. And he's a really big fan of yours. Yeah, yeah. Or at least what, what I could audibly hear. And, uh, and then Rachel's all, uh, I, I got to speak with her briefly, but I, I honestly didn't get to explain my whole reason for being there. I, she, yeah, she yeah. never knew that I was the person that was responsible for bringing her onto like labels. Right. Squads and yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of like left it at that. I'm like, you know what? This is just for me, dude. Like I'll, I'll, the signature was what I really wanted. I'm just glad to be here. Yeah. And, um, and you know, today, uh, you know, as we were recording our previous podcast, the, the into the waste, which you all should check out if you are into post-apocalyptic, uh, uh, yeah, festivals, <laughs> I guess uh, I was uploading Sedona's video. So I was cooking while we were cooking. Oh yeah. So cooking squared. Oh man. Double <laughs> cooking. Yeah. Uh, so I just uploaded the videos and, and, um, sent an email out to her and just, you know, letting her know that I, I, I got the footage for her to yeah. do whatever she wants and that this was something to preserve for all time. Cause this was her first headlining show. And I thought, you know, I got to have this because in, in 10 years, I mean, the way I see Sedona, I, I think she's like an exceptional artist, one to stand the test of time and, you know, to be there at the right time, the right place to capture the first headlining show. I mean, people are going to go back and check that. I mean, yeah. nobody else is talking about that, like the way I am, but that's the way I feel right now in this moment. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I sent it to her mother right now. I know it's rather late, but maybe I'll get a response later. But I just said, you know, I as much as this moment meant to your daughter and maybe yourself and your your family, I mean, it meant just as much to me. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad I was able to capture all that for you and, and share it with you. So, 
I mean, we'll see what happens, but that was more or less the story. So now that is another name that is crossed off my my list of signatures that I needed. And man, yeah. that was a long time. That was four years of fucking of, of just waiting yeah. around, dude, not knowing if we were going to be alive for the pandemic. Oh, and, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or if I was going to get hit by a car. I, all, I, I mean, in the back of my head, dude, I just kept thinking, please let me just make it to the show. Please just let me make it to this show. And, um, yeah, I, I got to do it. So that was- against all odds, even forgetting the tickets and you know, all that stuff, you still somehow managed yeah. To, to make the to mission accomplished, basically. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it does. It does speak to that. There are good people in the music industry still, regardless of, you know, whatever you want to say. I mean, like her mom. I mean, she didn't have to do that. That was the weird part. OK, so out of all the people that walked into the room. Yeah. Because there were there was people standing around and stuff. But why? Yeah. yeah. Why did it unfold this way? And I, I don't know if I'm rationalizing it or being delusional that, you know, maybe in the ways that I've tried to help her in the past, like trying to get her played on the radio and, and getting her involved with that thing called label squads. Right. Um, I mean, I try to be as helpful as possible. I'm like, is, is this karma doing me a favor and, 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 and aligning shit? Cause what, what are the odds that she would fucking stand next to me? Do you like, I, I really don't, I can't even conceive yeah. that, of how, why, how or why that happened. I it's, it's the, I don't know, man. It's like we like we talked about with uh, we did our interview on the Without Censor podcast with with Ed, the author. It's like it's that is the ether. It's that ether coming down and things clicking and do like that's re- that's a religious experience. Yeah. Without any sort of religion or God or whatever you want to call it, but yeah. that right there is just a religious experience to to feel that in the moment and everything lined up just fucking right for you to have that interaction with her. Because otherwise, if, 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 I mean, let's be honest, if you wouldn't have forgot the tickets, maybe, maybe you don't have that chance or maybe that window passes or it doesn't happen yeah. in this exact way. Yeah. Which is weird to think about too. Yeah. Cause I, I can't even say, I mean, if we're talking math, yeah. I don't know what the probability <laughs> of me getting the signature was, but <clears throat> as soon as their mother, as soon as her mother got involved, yeah. it be, in my mind, it became an absolute certainty. hundred oh, percent. Yeah. I was getting that. I was, as soon as she told me that she, she was her mother, and I, I think it was because I was talking so rosy about her that I was so yeah, yeah. invested in her daughter's music and just kind of seeing her as a genius or whatever, she, that she, she's like, oh, this this person's all right. Like this, this guy, this guy seems all right. He's not some, you know, nefarious type that's, you know, trying to get, get one over. Yeah. He's, you know, you're, it's it's like I think you said this about that you know the Cat Williams interview you know yeah dude yeah it's it's just doing good things because it's the good thing to do or it's the right thing to do doing stuff because it's right that's it that's just what it is recording that shit for her right I don't know who knows if there's anybody else there that was recording the whole set like you did yeah there doubtful was, but there's there was but. Did they get the whole thing? No, because I'm, I'm a unlikely. completionist. Right. I'm a completionist. I'll get the whole fucking set. Yeah, and that's something that she can look back on and say, man, I wish I would have had this. Or, and Oh, yeah, but here it is. Because how many artists out there never get that opportunity? Because obviously they're not going to be the ones filming it because they're up there performing it. And if they don't have anybody there that believes in them or really is is on board with them to do that, they can't hire a... Uh, an, an intern, you know, to, 
to hold a camera or a phone and record all their shit. So. If people don't see it that way, if yeah. it, like if, if somebody, I mean, cause that's what it takes, right? Is that the music's good enough or there's something sure. for, for people to believe in. Uh, cause it's the same way with her friend, you know, her friend's a creative director, mm-hmm. the same way that Sedona or Rachel has faith in her friend to, to direct her music video. She also has faith in her music. So yeah. it's a reciprocating thing. Right. So yeah, maybe maybe people starting out don't have that luxury because people don't see the picture. Like, yeah. They don't see the bigger thing or maybe they don't understand the music or whatever the fuck True, it is. True, yeah. And they don't have the good fortune of having friends that are supportive to to uh, capture the moment or to be supportive and post about them on social media and all that shit. So, I mean, sure, Sedona herself, maybe she does have that supporting system, but, I mean, this is somebody... I, I'm somebody that is external to her ecosystem right i was just doing it because i'm like this is what matters to me and this is what i care about and yeah you just happen to be the right person yeah exactly so yeah it's that's that's a pretty wild story to the, the odds of that happening as you said are probably low to, to the from the get-go but right. hey somehow this is the way it shook out and that's how it happened so i mean fortunate for everyone involved because you got to get the autograph she's getting to get the recording of her first headlining set, essentially. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking awesome. So, I mean, yeah. A win-win for everyone. Oh, yeah. So. And, yeah, I mean, now she gets to share it with her family members that probably couldn't come out or. Yeah. So, there's that. Yeah, and that's and that's awesome. That is that is a true service that you, you have provided. Yeah. And you do that, and you do that a lot. That wasn't just for her. I mean, right. I've done that for as, I've tried to do that with pretty much every artist yeah. that I have faith in and you know what else could I say I mean I don't think there's much else to say I mean that's that's pretty much the bottom line right there Yeah what, what so what's the what's the timestamp Uh we're at 2210 so 2210? we'll 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 transition so let's transition us over now that we've we've heard this excellent story Yeah let's transition over into the next the next topic 2210 yeah. Sedona that was like the end. That's time. the end of it. So I, it's start to finish. There's start to twenty two ten. I, I I got it for the for the timestamp, for the people who enjoy the timestamps. Yeah. You know. All right. So uh, so the the second thing was you said the do artists have a shelf life, right? Yeah. So we're, what are we calling the time? Uh, just twenty two forty. Twenty two forty. Yeah. Okay. Twenty two forty. All right. So. Give me, give me what you got on the the shelf life. What? Uh, so this this can unfold as as it always does into many avenues. Oh yeah, I, sure and I it hope will. it does. Yeah. So I mean, you you can take it wherever you want. But so this is a topic I've been thinking about for a minute because maybe maybe we've talked about this over the phone, but it's something I've been thinking about. You know, shower thoughts. Some, yeah, yeah. Something you think about on the shitter. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so do artists have a shelf life? I wonder about this question because because of social media and how TikTok has been able to revive the careers of some artists that were considered retired or you know one one timer one hit wonders or whatever you want to call it. Not to say that this person that that we talked about specifically uh, is yeah. that, but Kate Bush was. Oh yeah, no, Kate Bush was a notable example of somebody that was popular in the eighties, right and there's some people that are able to outlive that time period and just kind of transcend all time. Right. Van Halen, Van Halen would be one of those bands that remains 
an arena rock band, right? Yeah. But maybe Kate Bush, maybe her popularity has waned over the course of time. But with the advent of TikTok and and good song placement, specifically Stranger Things, uh, the song Running Up the Hill, it, it she had the good fortune of being able to, you know, collect royalties. And, and I don't know what the fee was for her to get her song licensed to uh, Stranger Things, but, you know, she's probably done pretty all right for herself just for those two things alone. And, you know, if there's interest in her music, maybe, maybe she was able to actually become a live performer once more because of that. And I guess I asked the question because, you know, for as much as I've been looking into, as much as I've been looking to local artists, um, I'm five years in to do into doing this. And, you know, for some of the artists that I really was passionate about, I thought, you know, the sky could be the limit for them, but I'm starting to see the holes in their game Mm. that they're not doing certain things. And I don't want to be specific because I don't want to, I don't want to call them out, but, uh, and I don't know if I have an internal clock to say, Hey, if you didn't do this, if you didn't meet X requirement, which would probably be something like followers or hitting a certain amount of monthly listeners in Spotify after three years, I don't know. You just kind of know when people are hitting a rhythm, right? And for certain artists I've been following, it hasn't been that case. So it's like, um, you know, I still love their music and everything, but I'm like, I'm starting to wonder if the window is starting to, to close on them. But there's also, again, what I said previously, that social media has been a good tool for people to revive their careers and extend the lifetime of their band or whatever. So I don't know which one it is. So what, what do you, what do you, well, I think, okay, I just, I just kind of want to go back and, and recap on this, the Kate Bush thing, because I do think, that is a very prime example of not of there. There really is no shelf life and it, and it all depends on how you're willing, how much you're willing to work or how, what work you're willing to do after the fact. So I didn't know this, but Kate, Kate Bush owns all of her own fucking shit. Ooh. She owns all the rights to everything. Ooh, she is her own label. As oh, they say, damn, she scored big then. So, so she has made just in streaming, good lord, just in streaming yeah. royalties alone. Yeah, between the reports are varied, but it's between two and three and a half million dollars. Three million dollars just in streaming. Oh okay, that's God. not that's not fucking like download like plays. That's just from like Apple Music or Spotify or those sources combined, right? Yeah. So prior to that, it's hard to find numbers, but but that song running up the hill that she licensed to Netflix mm. or whatever. However, I don't know. I can't find any information on the deal itself of, of what her deal was with them. I would imagine since she owns it herself, there was, they probably got it for very cheap and yeah, at a fair I, price. Yeah. And I think that she is a smart, because the fact that she owns her own, her own yeah. copyrights tells me that she's a savvy businesswoman. And she's probably savvy in the fact of saying, Oh, these guys wanted to license this song. Cool. Hey, shit. You're the number one show on Netflix. You're really probably the Stranger Things is probably the number one show on streaming in general. And shit, I don't know what the deal was, but it's either free or very cheap that I will license this song to you for because look how much she got paid just off of the streaming royalties alone. Yeah, yeah. 
And look at the renewed interest that she's gotten. All the radio plays, I mean, goddamn, they were playing that fucking song on K-Rock every 15 minutes when that came out. Mm. And that song's 30 fucking something years old, 37 years old, or something like that. And when it came out, it only it was on the Billboard Top 100, but it only it hit number 30. That was the highest it got. So relatively in 1983 or whatever when that song came out, it was really not that popular. And now here, 30 plus years later, it's had this boom of resurgence that it never really got. And shit, that song was like off of her, I think it was her fourth album. So it wasn't even one of her early hits, I guess, as you could say. Yeah, yeah. And so she was able to leverage that into essentially getting an additional multi-million dollar payout. And that's just like I said in streaming. I can only imagine what other you know shit she's been able to capitalize on and get paid for yeah so if you own your own stuff and i guess that's probably where the crux of it comes down to is if you own it you can control it and you can go out and try to get it licensed and maybe have this resurgent like the resurgence like she did if you don't have it though if you don't own the rights it's up to your record company or record label publisher. whoever whoever yeah. the fuck in the in the grand scheme owns the actual rights i think it'd be the publisher sure and i know there's some deals that are different sometimes it's it's the label owns the rights depending on how you how that deal gets worded when you sign the paperwork and so i'm not i'm not sure it's up to them right as to whether or not this will go forward or your shit will get licensed in another way and if it doesn't well, then they don't care because they're not interested. Your shit didn't work for them maybe 30 years ago. Like the, whoever the record camp company was or whoever the person was that may have originally owned the rights, or I don't know. I can't find any real info of maybe she did always own her own rights, which is even better for her. But let's just say you took a band or an artist that had some song from the eighties and they wanted an F or, you know, uh, license it to Netflix for a, sh- for a show. Yeah. It would be up to the, record label that owned it or whoever to whoever the publisher is or whatever owned the rights to it to say oh yeah we'll do that and sure maybe a series that is new or unproven would maybe target music that's not didn't do well for them and they could say hey low end here let's 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 pay you a little bit of money and then hey there's this upside and now they have an example because they can say well look what happened with kate bush if this show blows up, yeah, maybe this is a new show. You license to us this song to us for a very low price, but you may be getting paid back in dividends if if this show actually does well. And then you're also sucking in the the publisher to be vested in you. Whoever owns the rights, they're vested now in you doing well. So hey, maybe they do some back end public or you know uh, promotion for you that you're not having to pay for as well at the same time. So there's a lot of angles that you can hit from this. If you're a savvy business person when it comes to your own, um, your own licensing and stuff. So I don't know if, I don't know how many other independent art, and I don't know if this would have necessarily happened if she did, if it was a record label that owned the rights or whoever, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if this would have went down the same exact way. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's survivorship bias that she is an, an exception as opposed to everybody else's experience. Um, as far as, lengthening her career or ex, ex, uh, expanding her lifetime as an artist. Oh and, man. Okay. Just another thing real quick. So she's like, I don't know if this actually happened, but 
she she's basically doing she started a north american tour in the fall of 2023 with bad wolves and eva under fire okay so and guess who uh guess who's who's running the running the ticket sales live nation yep, it's all through live nation and i think these are going to be at live nation uh a, owned places of course of course it would be through them because oh yeah live nation conveniently Decides, oh, let's capitalize on the Stranger Things yeah. fucking money train that Kate Bush is now. Oh, yeah. let's let's. Uh, who knows if they set this whole tour up and said, hey, listen, we got this deal for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're going to make good money and we're going to make even more money because we're the fucking empire. Yeah. <laughs> but that. So you've got an artist like that. But then you've got artists like, I don't know. I mean. I guess you could say, okay, the, the, the blink one eighty two thing, right? Okay. Yeah. They were popular back then. Didn't do shit for 20 years. And now all of a sudden they're back. Yeah. And, but they always had the luxury of of having a fan base. Right. They always had a fan base. So if you had someone like, I don't know. Okay. Another, we could just use Stranger Things because it's the same kind of show. Okay. They had fucking Master of Puppets by Metallica in that. Now, I that song was always popular. So I don't think that it gave it any popularity more so than with the people who already knew it, but it did introduce a new younger audience that probably didn't really know about it. Right. So then that's I mean that's a smart move right there by, you know, I think Metallica owns their own shit. I think that I think I think they're smart enough. I don't know, maybe not. I have to google that, but um, either way, it's relevant because it's just, the example is that was a popular fucking song from the eighties that they licensed. And now I'm sure it's doing well in streams just because it's been introduced to the zoomer generation that, uh, maybe they thought, ah, this is fucking old man music, you know, which I mean, now let's, let's be real. This, this is, this is, we're getting into the territory where Metallica is now considered old man music. <laughs> so you know, that's, oh, my dad listens to Metallica. It's that kind of shit. Right. And so kids are not, you know, they don't think that stuff's cool necessarily. So, but then to hear it on their, in their show that they like, oh man, this is cool. I didn't give this a chance, but I heard it utilized in this show. I like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta listen to this now. I gotta listen to all their shit. So this very well could have opened up a whole new generation to Metallica and their library speaks for itself. I don't necessarily know if the rest, I've never heard anything else by Kate Bush. So I I don't know if that will have a trickle down effect for her in terms of other streams of, of her other music. I imagine. So it's like you're running up the hill was the door and everything else is what what everybody else could have access to if they choose to do, or, you know, it's a gateway drug. Right. Yeah. So, but I don't know if there really is, an answer to the whole shelf life thing. Like there's a definitive answer. I think it's probably subjective to in a case by case thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's case by case band by band because again, it would take someone who wants to push their shit out there. And let's be honest. If you, if you don't own the rights to your own stuff, you have no interest in, in doing that because well you're not going to really make any money yeah you'll get some you'll get your whatever pittance especially in the 80s man those record deals were all fucked up back then they were never artist friendly back then they were all 
benefit of the record label or whoever the publisher is or whatever. Yeah. It was never to give the artist the majority of anything. So you would guess maybe get some money, but you're getting a pittance compared to what the actual rights holder would be getting. So maybe that could be a reason why those artists that don't own their own stuff, eh, they just say, fuck it. Why am I going to bother? Why am I going to pursue this when I'm not really going to reap anything from it? Sure. They have a name, and again, maybe they're just short-sighted and saying, oh man, maybe I should put out a new thing or maybe I should put out some new stuff. You know, uh, the, um, the, the smashing pumpkins example, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan. Yeah. Once he gets out, then he goes and does something else. And yeah, granted, maybe it's not the best, but Hey, it's his thing. He didn't just let the smashing pumpkins shit just be okay, cool. I'm just, I'm done. That deal's over with. I'm just going to bow out and just be done. He, he got after it, and he went after and, and made his own shit and made a new thing. Capitalized off of, yes, he has the name recognition and stuff, so that's great, but went out and made his made made basically the same thing, but just in his own version, I guess. Yeah, so I, I'd like to think, I'd like to be on the optimistic side and think that ultimately there is no shelf life. Maybe, maybe within, because you also have to think, man, I, I think, as much as much as the music is is important physical appearance is oh yeah probably that's true. equal equally important right so you have like a 10 year window where you are presentable <laughs> per modern societal standards right unless you like i said unless you're one of the anomalies that you can transcend all time and you're an all-time great artist, then that basically doesn't apply to you. Right. But for a majority of artists, they will become a time capsule for a, for, for a decade, right? Yeah. And, I, but I, I do want to remain on the optimistic side because there are more contemporary artists, like uh, there's this artist named uh, Biba Doobie, mm-hmm. and she is a huge follower of this band called Pavement that this band didn't necessarily get their recognition or their due or become a global sensation. Right. But to somebody like her talking about the music and and saying that this isn't an inspiration for me, imagine if that band hadn't done it. Right. Yeah. And, and I think she actually brought them on tour with her. So it's like they were on high, you know, let's say they were on indefinite, a definite hiatus for pretty much when they ended up until this point. Right. You know, they they could have called it quits at any point, and they did. And, you know, they were fortunate enough to say that this this new generation, one person out of this new generation said, this, this band mattered to me, and now I get to pay it forward to them by having them on tour and people having renewed interest. Yeah. So it's like nothing ever really dies or goes to obscurity. True. And, and Okay, another, yeah. a good example of that, is okay acdc okay fucking brian johnson does not sound even close to what he sounded like back in the original recordings of these songs he sounds like a completely different fool singing the songs yeah and yet here they are in 2024 booking 10 dates to go on fucking tour throughout the world because again their shelf life is really infinite for them and you don't even have to fucking sound the same you could sound totally different mm-hmm. and you can still, and, and granted, yeah, sure. Dude's 75. Okay. No, this isn't a knock on him at all because yeah, you fucking sing 
for 50 years, yeah, your voice is probably going to change over time. So it's understandable that that can happen. However, people seem to not care. They just want to hear the songs and the original people who did them singing them. And that's what they're doing. So, so their shelf life shit, they probably will be around until they're all dead in, in terms of, you know, going on tour. Yeah. And they are another example that is just an anomaly. That they're that's doing. an anomaly. Yeah. I guess that's more yeah. of the extreme. That's more of the exception rather than the rule. Yeah. But it, but like what you were saying about, okay, yeah, you've got this like 10 or 15 year window where you are presentable, you know, essentially if you look at boy bands, okay. I, I know we've talked about boy bands before, but I mean, mm. you look at the Backstreet Boys and you look at NSYNC, there was what? 10 guys total between the two of those bands. There's about five each or both boy bands are about five each. Only one broke through into what you could call mainstream superstardom. And that would be Justin Timberlake. And he wasn't even really the main guy of that fucking band. The rest of those dudes, yes, they had C, well, maybe D, C, B level. Some, a couple, maybe one or two of them had A level celebrity status, and they enjoyed a musical career after the fact. But once they got up there in age, and their voice started to falter, I guess. And maybe some of them even still sound good, but they started losing the look. Then, well, that's what that's what the whole draw was, right? For boy bands, it was it was the look, and then the poppy singing voices and stuff. And once you kind of lose that, well, now shit, you got to change the game. And there are a couple of those dudes. I can't remember their fucking names, but they never got out of that boy band phase. Like they still show up, showed up to shit dressed, looking the same, right? Yeah. And sometimes you got to evolve to keep your shelf life going because otherwise, hey man. That shit expired in about 2006. Yeah, dude. Okay, so I got another prime example. Yeah, all right. And not to shit on this guy. But <laughs> yeah, no, we're not shitting on anybody. We're just pointing out facts. No, this, okay, is, that's all this, we're doing. Is, this is just the reality, right? Yeah. So, uh, oh, fuck, I got to make sure if this is the right person. I think it's Marky Ramone. Marky Ramone. Marky Ramone okay. of the Ramones. Uh, shit, let's see. Marky Ramone. Let me hold, hold it down for a second. Oh, I'll hold it down. Uh, sorry, on a side note, the uh, the cat was over here. Uh, earlier getting high off of fucking catnip or some sort of i don't know some sort of cat drug and went behind the fucking thing where i have all the electrical cords and shit just chilling just chilling i know lana mack will appreciate the story because she likes cats but she's just back there chilling uh, and I'm, I'm like dude you're gonna get electrocuted like what the fuck is going on here it's fucking ridiculous but anyways that's just a side tangent back to the whole music thing um, while Adam's looking up Mark, Marky Ramone or wh- whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- there are a, a plethora of examples of this thing where somebody can't escape their, 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 uh, their, their, what is it? Their gimmick, I guess. They're, yeah, there you go. It's, it's, it's your gimmick, right? Okay, look at, this is an opposite example, but okay, Mark Wahlberg. Okay, the fucking... Uh, what's their names? The band they were in, the New Kids on the Block, him Marky and his Mark. brother, and whatever. Okay, those guys. Yeah, sure, they did that shit for a while. Yes, they've done a recent, you know, tour or whatever again because they're resurgencing their own ways. Because you know, it's every entertainment is cyclical. What was popular once then becomes not, and then once again becomes popular henceforth. So 
they but when they were in that not popular phase okay mark Wahlberg becomes an actor the other guy the other brother start, started fucking doing burgers or some shit well he became an actor too but like you know oh then they opened up restaurants they evolved with time they didn't just sink into their gimmick and let that drag them down once the gimmick was no longer popular they they shed the gimmick and they evolved and they turned into something completely different yeah so i i can't seem to find the uh the I think I, I'm 90 percent sure it was Marky Ramone. Okay, uh, but this is somebody that advertises themselves, and when they make music, they make it known that they were in fucking the, the Ramones. Ramones, and that is the extent of their music as well. Is that they can't escape that fucking moniker, or their music can't even escape that moniker either, because yeah. they, they were so they were so much that identity that to do anything else would alienate everybody else. And sure, maybe that's a bad thing because then it's like people won't come see you because they, they knew you for this thing. Like they knew the, yeah. for, their, for the Ramones music. So that guy can't just drop, you know, drop his identity and start yeah. new because then he loses, he basically loses fan base. So that's why he has to fucking right. tour as Marky Ramone of the Ramones. Of the Ramones. And then when he says, oh, it's Marky Ramones and whatever the name of his fucking supporting band is. Yeah. He has to you remind people like, hey, this, 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 this is who I was. This yeah. is who I am. And, but again, you become a time capsule. Right. And then yeah. that kind of sucks for those guys too, because it's like, let's say you're going on tour with Marky Ramone. It's like it's the Marquis says Marky Ramone of the Ramones with anonymous dickheads or whatever. Anonymous, you know, yeah. which actually that'd be a pretty good band name, anonymous, the anonymous dickheads. Dickheads, yeah. <laughs> but it, then, then those guys are really just you're just there to play the instruments. You're not, yeah, maybe you're gonna get a little decent payday out of it, but it's like shit, man. You're really not propelling your own career forward because you're really just doing what. Cover songs of Ramon songs, basically. Yeah, you're just uh, you're maintaining the status quo. Yeah, and uh, as far as for like newer artists, again, if we're talking about like physical appearance and music, yeah, dude, maybe you won't be appreciated within this decade or fi- ten to fifteen year span where you have a window to at least try to make it within the times that you're living it, right? And maybe you don't like, maybe you actually don't, maybe you, you don't even become a mid-level artist where you have a hundred thousand people following you. Yeah. And you can do international tours or national tours, but maybe you have a situation with the BB, the, uh, BB doobie and pavement where somebody says, Hey man, there was this band 30 years ago that I was, I was in love with and they inspired my music. And, uh, maybe, maybe that band took an extended hiatus and they were like, mm. no, fuck music. We don't, we don't want to revisit that. Yeah. But then it, it, all it takes is somebody from the new generation or television to, for people to be like, Hey, this band was really all right. Maybe people didn't see it at the time, but they get to see it now. And it was because of a younger person or television or some type of media. Yeah. If you're like, you know or, what this, yeah. Like you've said before about someone saying, Oh, this inspired me. So now I'm, I'm introducing them, even though they were unknown, basically, yeah. to a whole new audience that's never heard them before because I'm popular yeah. or whatever. And it, you kind of look at, uh, I, okay, you can look at, like, Gwen Stefani. She's she's a decent example of of shedding the gimmicks because what no doubt, right, when she got, that's how she got big with this punky kind of sound a reggae or whatever. So, it's reggae, ska, Yeah, punk like sound, punkish yeah. sound, right? And then when she goes solo, basically just white, a straight yeah a straight white bread pop you know it's like 
it, I, I don't know. It's it's as bland as you can get, right? With with the yeah, and uh, I think a lot of people are like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> yeah, but uh, then it's it's it still maintains its popularity because she captured a whole separate segment of the audience that she'd never had before. True. Yeah, and that's and again, thus creating the shelf life argument of, "Oh man, well now that I've entered into mainstream pop." Oh, my shelf life just got extended by fucking 30 years or 40 years. And it did because and, she, she ultimately ended up on The Voice and she's yeah. kind of like a public figure. And right. Shit and, and sure, she's an anomaly too because of the looks. Because if you, again, there's a lot of artists I'm sure the example of that are just as talented. But, you know, shit, that 10-year window or 15-year window when you're like between 20 and 35, you're in your peak looks years but shit man a lot of shit can happen in that time Mm. and once you get towards those latter years if you haven't maintained whatever look that people expect from you they're not going to be tuning in or sticking around even though your music is still good or it's still relevant yeah they might just call you washed up just because of your just because of the way you look and that's fucked too because man i don't like the like that show the voice man i don't know if music should be judged based on your fucking your what's how you look it should just be on the music itself yeah as opposed to oh well you've got someone who's the total package as they say has a little bit of talent musically but has the look oh man we're more looking for the look um as opposed to someone who can actually do the work or do the you know perform and looks can carry you it can a dude, lot further, which it, fucking sucks, man. It, it, it's true, dude. It looks carry a lot. It's almost to say that you almost don't even have to have talent to to make it in music. Like if you're just physically, I mean, because let, let's not let's not uh, go around the bush here. Sure, yeah, and, and say that yeah, dude, looks kind of do matter because it it gets you through a lot of doors. Oh, absolutely. To say you're physically attractive because that's like half. I bet people want to go to shows because, oh, wow, like, you know, Taylor Swift is so beautiful. Oh, yeah. Dua Lipa is so beautiful. Like, wow. Um, Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll get to see Nicki Minaj's asshole at this thing. Yeah. And it's like it's the marketing aspect. (laughs) It's like, oh, how could, you know, for a manager to look at an artist to say, oh, what brands could I work with to uh to elevate oh, yeah. Dua Lipa or even Taylor Swift. Can we get Gucci involved? Can we, oh. Cause then everybody will be like, Oh, we got to hand her, let's hand her money so she can advertise yeah. our fucking clothing oh, line or let's even give her-, her all the Dolce and Gabbana fucking yeah. products or all the Prada fucking bags or whatever. So that way people will be, Oh shit, I need that. Yeah. And that's how you get free shit. Yeah, man. But yeah, but like you said, it sucks that that looks are like you said, it's, it's, all the shit we complain about on the other podcasts about what we hate about Instagram and what we hate about yeah. people on there, right? Yeah. It's the same fucking thing because you don't have to actually have any talent because if you look good, that'll carry you. But your shelf life, I think, is a lot shorter than someone who has actual talent because your looks, as I said, will will wane. That You will get to a point when you are not that anymore and there's nothing you can do about it. Short of, yes, maybe, you know, being involved in some, you know, weird ritual that, you know, you suck uh, bone marrow out of, uh, you know, things or whatever. I don't know. Whatever whatever they <laughs> do to make bo- themselves appear young. I Listen, I don't know what it is. I'm not involved, okay? I'm not in the, in, in the, in the cult. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, so I definitely won't be looking great in shit i probably don't even look great now in my in my mid-30s let alone <laughs> fucking you know uh when, when i get 10 years down the road from now hey, but what, what have we talked about before though i mean we thought hey if we have a chance at you know going anywhere with this it's not 
it's not off our looks. Oh, definitely not. So if we end up having longevity and people are interested in what we're talking about, it's really about who we are as people and what we have to say. People are interested in what we say, which I would, I, I would sincerely value. Yeah. Far greater than if people thought I was attractive or not. Absolutely. Yeah. I would, I, it's substance. It's like, it's substance. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. I would rather have people stick around. And again, that just increases our shelf life because if someone's sticking around for the actual content, as opposed to this veneer of beauty or whatever you want to call right. it. Cause yeah, that's the other thing. These motherfuckers don't really look like this. No, they don't. Th- that that is that is makeup and CGI and f- uh, fucking whatever kind of crazy holograms. What, whatever apps they use to oh. FaceTune or yeah, there is there are, there are plenty of examples of that. So even though you're being sold this veneer of beauty, it is just that it is a very thin layer of horseshit. And really, it's just they're one filter away from relevance from being irrelevant essentially. Yeah, and. One bad video away from just being up. Nope, that's it. The draw is gone because I really saw how you were, and now you're, and and that's it. So now you you don't have the talent to support it or back it up. So, man, that's fucking. That's 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 that sucks. But I I do. I I mean, as difficult as a road as it might be for an artist, yeah. I, I I think we said it before, but I do want to ultimately believe that. You know, if you're not appreciating your time, keep cooking. Yeah. Because you don't know who's going to, who you're, you're going to rub the right way. Yeah. And your payday might not be today. It could be fucking 10, 15, 30 years from now. It is as a, yeah, who knows? Kate Bush, dude, she yeah. made $3 million off of, off of just having, hill. Off, in, off of having a, a song in fucking Strangers in, in a TV show. Right. You know? And you made all this fucking money. Right. So, yeah, keep like, keep cooking. Because yeah. you never fucking know. And honestly, she seems, Kate Bush seems like the type of artist who does it because she loves it, right? Yeah. And that's one of the things that people need to, I think, be, maintain relevance is that you just do it because you love it. And if that's the case, if the talent is there, the shit will last. It will, it will last, out, it will outlive you, basically. The, the work will outlive you. Yeah, and I, I, I feel like you shouldn't be, and I know I'm going to sound like a hypocrite because I think <laughs> ultimately everybody wants some kind of monetary gain out of the work. I mean, equal pay for like the work sure. that you do, right? Yes. But there's also the aspect that you want, I mean, maybe it's in, innate to humans in general that you want to leave some kind of legacy behind it, whether that's through art or your children. Yeah. Like, I think artists feel that way too, that, I mean- Again, you don't know what's going to happen after you die. If you've made music, maybe you're not going to be appreciated in your time, but the possibility is there that there could be an audience for you. I mean, HP Lovecraft wasn't somebody that was appreciated during his time. That's true. Well, after the fact that people looked into his, uh, his, his books and his, uh, his whole universe with Cthulhu and all that shit. I know that's kind of like a, uh, seemingly on a tangent it's a good example though of yeah but there's that's somebody that was also an artist so to speak or a writer that was not appreciated in his day and time and it came well after the fact that he uh fucking died dead and gone yeah so uh i actually so initially i i thought about only doing one song okay for for this episode yeah but i just thought of something i just remembered an artist released or rather a group released music. And this is a band that we've talked about in the past. Uh, this is a band called Sheer Mag from Philadelphia. Mm. They do like 70s rock type of sound. It sounds kind of like Thin Lizzy and shit. Okay. So on the ep- 
on one of the previous episodes, we were talking about how um, Jack White's third man records decided to sign, decided to sign Sheer Mag, and they had the potential to sign them back, I think, 10 years ago in 2014, or maybe a little bit further back, mm-hmm. as somebody from the record label themselves had saw the band or, or knew of the band, thought they were great, but didn't do anything. And Sheer Mag themselves actually had to go out and say, hey, you know, we want to be a part of your record label, and then it eventually happened. So I would like to talk about the band that uh, I was talking about from San Diego, but I also would like to talk about Sheer Mag. In comparison to what they were doing previously, I, okay. I want to play one song from their old discography, All right. and then the latest song that was released so you could see how their music has changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, so wait, what is it? It's Sheer, how do you spell it? Sheer Mag S H E E R M A G, but I want to start with this other band's first. Oh, okay. What's the, give me the one you want to listen to first? All right, so this band is called 12 Gauge Trixie. <laughs> 12 Gauge Trixie, what a name! 12 yeah, Gauge G A U G E Trixie T R R is 12 Gauge Trixie. Okay, so is there a specific uh song? Yeah, let me look for it real quick. So, yes, so while Adam's doing that, in case you didn't figure it out, this is the portion of the episode where we're going to play music. And if you're listening to us live on Heady FM, then you will be hearing the actual songs. You'll be hearing the songs that we're going to listen to, and you will not have to go ahead and, you know, find it and pause it and do all this stuff that you normally have to do. But if you're listening to it on the podcast version, then yeah, you're gonna. This will be the when you pause it. We'll, we'll give a countdown, pause it, and then okay, so go. You're gonna do two, two different versions. Yeah, no, I'll just do like I did with the album review one. I'll just I'll just save the version that is the this version that we're doing live right now, yeah. and then I will uh, cut out the songs and then say and then stitch it back together and then save it for and then save that version as the podcast version All basically. Right. So right, the song is uh, shit. Oh, Jesus. Right, uh, get to the point. Get to the point. Oh, cool. That's on the top songs uh, part. So. Okay, so notice that this band doesn't have a large following or anything. As I said before, they're from San Diego, and they caught my interest. I'm like, hey, this is this has got some potential. So we're going to – we're breaking ground here oh, with uh, 12 Gauge. news. 12 Gauge Trixie that I'm, I'm very excited about them. So uh, I just want to hear Josh's opinion on this band. So uh, I don't know anything – about them as far as you know fun trivia so that's yeah. something we're gonna have to learn about them as their journey continues but at least for now this is an introduction to them and i hope you enjoy it all right so for everybody paying attention this is gonna be get to the point by 12 gauge trixie so if you are listening on the podcast you know what to do so here we go Oh, I fucked it up. <laughs> Check. Wait, hold on. I got. I got to switch it back to the uh, Check W. Man, these fucking, these fucking things. All right, now it should be going. All right, here we go. All right, so here we go, and this will be uh, get to the point. Wait, let me reset it. Okay, here we go. Get to the point by Twelve Gauge Trixie. All right, that was get to the point. Twelve Gauge Trixie, and man, I have to say, that's laps. I like that shit. That, that, man, it was start to finish. It started off just a little bit, uh, not slow, but it lets you know, hey, this is about to fucking punch you in the dick. 
and then <laughs> and then it immediately punches you in the dick for the next I don't know uh minute and like 45 seconds and then it hits you with that little like it's after it just after it just gouged out your eyeballs and skull fucked you it cuddled you at the end it g- gave you that little that little closure with that little breakdown you know it, it, it just it, it was the big spoon and you were the little spoon after it just yeah. fucked your face and you know that was nice to hear i enjoyed that yeah so what do you what do you what did you how did you come across them just bullshitting around so I was, uh, I came across a band on Instagram mm-hmm. and then I, I started looking at posters, uh, or rather there was a post of shows that they were going to play oh, okay. for this other band. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Hmm, an all girl, an all girl group or mostly an all girl group, like three, three chicks. And I think yeah. two, two, two guys. I'm like, Hmm, mm. sounds interesting. So then I went on their Instagram profile and then I checked out their Spotify uh, profile and checked out their music and I heard this song like this yeah. this is pretty fucking good and I think the thing that made me gravitate towards it is that and I know this doesn't it's not immediately reflected in the music because this is more punk and what what I'm about to describe in comparison to them is uh, Guns N' Roses and I don't know if this is technically their first album but there was a, this album called Guns N' Roses Lies uh-huh. and it was like a live album and it was uh, when they were starting out or whatever. The first track on it is called Reckless Life and it just has that kind of uh, high energy, high octane sound. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's what I get from it. But I also get this other aspect where uh, there was this punk band in the 2000s. It was called The Distillers and it was a punk, punk rock band with mm. this woman who fronted it. His name, her name is Brody die or Brody Dell, I think is Brody, Brody, Brody Dell. Yeah. And she has like a gravelly voice and this girl, well, I think she has a better voice than her, but, yeah, yeah. um, it, it's reminiscent of that. There's like the gravelliness, but when you, you notice in the, the other portions of the song, she kind of has like a softer, more sensual tone. Right. Yeah. I mean, that shit's kind of, kind of hot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it definitely is. It yeah. definitely is. But it's cool that, that there's this dynamic of her being this rock, having that rock gravelly voice and then her, right. and also having that sensual voice in other parts of the, the verses and stuff. So yeah, yeah. it's that, it's that blend. It's the hard rock sound and maybe, maybe punk as well uh, that comes across as, Guns and Roses, punkish to me, but also with the awesome vocals and I don't know this this group is just a uh, it just stands out to me and I think I think we're, I hope better things are on the way for them even though we are talking about them on the program and then <laughs> yeah well hopefully, well, hopefully well, we're helping them out well we we get ahead of a lot of these things yeah. we, you know well I mean you are the true mastermind behind all these things. You, you find all the shit and this again, they've got three singles, all of them from 2023. So they are fresh, fresh off the gates. There is no hot off the press. It's not like they've been around for a hot minute. This seems like they are very fresh and they're doing shows. You said at uh, places or what? Yeah, probably local to San Diego right Mm. now. But if you, if you want to follow them, shit, let's, let's plug their social, plug their social media page. (laughs) Let, let the people know how they can follow 12 gauge tricks. Let the peons know. I would imagine that the peasants who have the Instagram would just be interested in, I'm sure it's just at 12 gauge tricks. But I'm I don't sure want to, is, I don't want to say it. You know, I don't yeah. want to say that if it's not, what yeah, if it's right. something completely different, man, look, you guys are weenies, man. You don't even, man. Put, you don't even plug your social medias and your, your ah, product. man, Making me do the fucking extra. Man, work. we got to do the work. 
shit. Well, you know what? But that's what we're here to do the right thing. To do the right thing, you know what I'm saying? Because shit, it would it'd just be fucking bullshit if we didn't plug their stuff. All right, what is it? What do you so got? So Instagram, their Instagram tag yeah. is simply their name. No, no underscore characters yeah, yeah. in between okay. the words. At themselves. the at the number twelve. 12 gauge Trixie. Trixie. So it's all one word, expelled exactly yeah. like their name. And uh, there are two more songs. So, oh, from them? You want to hear no, all? Oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. Someone no. else. So now we're transitioning over to Sheer Mag. So okay. let's hear a song from their previous discography versus what they're releasing with Third Man Records. Sheer Mag. Okay. So the what ba- is the, the song I want to hear is called Nobody's Baby? nobody's baby let me see if i can find it here on the oh man it's not in their top songs uh let's see it should be in their like their uh compilation album. oh compilation one two and three yeah let's it see. should be in there it should be one. i like that uh font that they have oh yeah there. dude it's good it, cool, it's man. very uh it's very 70s yeah it's pretty sweet what is it called wait shit Why nobody's baby nobody's baby oh let's see let's see here oh yeah it's the last song man making me fucking work for it yeah all right, so let me pause it, go back. All right. So this is the sheer bag yeah. that many people knew in their uh, in their earliest days. Okay. And now they've transitioned. Well, you'll see. You'll see with the Third Man Records sound that they've. All right, so this did. is the first. This is before they were with Third Man Records. Right, this is, okay, this, this is, is uh, pre. This is pre-Third Man Records. All right, so pre-Third Man Records, uh, Nobody's Baby by Sheer Mag. That's the all right. Uh, I'm being told. Maybe, that. Maybe oh, you know a, what? Wait, what, what did you pick? Oh, I think I clicked the wrong. Um, there, that, okay, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, all right, right. <laughs> all right. Redo. Uh, that was that was the beginning of Night Isn't Bright. So if you want to hear the rest of that song, you're not fucking wondering. Whoa, what was that? I enjoyed that beginning. Yeah, uh, that, I just clicked the wrong fucking song because uh, I'm an idiot. So, yeah. uh, anyways, all right. So now this is for real. Nobody's baby by Sheermag. All right, that was Nobody's Baby, Sheer Mag. I will say, I mean, I didn't think that was bad, but I kind of felt in terms of production, not production value, uh, the mixing, I guess, is probably the right term. Yeah. I feel like that guitar was like, with the with that effect they have on the voice, I feel like the guitar was like way too hot because it was kind of blend, it was kind of, I don't know, it was kind of fucking muddling the vo- the vocals a little bit, I felt like. Yeah, that that uh that effect I think is called slapback. Like it's uh-huh. reverb or okay. yeah. yeah, it's slapback. Yeah, it sounds like it's on an old kind of microphone, right? Like yeah. I guess. I, I like it because I Oh, I like the sound of it, but I just like I said, I just feel like they need to dial back the fucking guitar. No, nah, you don't dude, think so? I, I think don't know, I man. think it's perfect the way it is. I, I like it kind of crunchy the the way Whoever, whoever ended up doing the engineering for this song and the mastering, I thought they did. Uh, and I don't know, maybe that's a, just a difference of opinion. But I thought the song was great as it as it was. And maybe maybe you'll have a different opinion with them being on Third Man, with their their latest song or one of their latest songs. I actually, I think the song was actually released this past Friday. So oh, awesome! Yeah. Right. So let me see if I can remember the name of it. I'm assuming it's off of this album called Playing Favorites because that's their newest uh, their newest one. Uh, well, the song is called Moonstruck. Oh, yeah, it's on that album. Yeah, all right. Wait, wait is it an EP or an album? Uh, I mean, it says, oh, it's pre release. Uh, it's got oh, so they're releasing three, yeah. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. It's got eleven songs. I don't oh. know what the minutes are on all of them, but when, when is the release date? It says March 1st, 2024. Oh, so that's a full length album. Yeah, 
Maybe, maybe we were, maybe, maybe, maybe we're even further ahead of the curve than we thought. Well, shit. I mean, I was just going to say, maybe, maybe oh. we review it. Ah, yeah. Hey, I'm down. Yeah. That, so sounds, got, that sounds like a hell of a time. Goddamn all the way to God, <laughs> fucking March 1st. God damn it. Yeah. Um, man, I don't even know if I want to save this phrase because I definitely have, I think, I think this, I mean, maybe I won't say it. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? All right. Cause there, okay. Is it about the band? Yes, but I mean this in an in endearing way, and it's not going to come out that way. Oh, all right. <laughs> Should all I right. even say it? I mean, I kind of want to know what it is. Oh, my but. God. Okay, because, I mean, the people that I, I imagine it, it catches fancy to is people from, like, the South and, you know, people that have Corvettes and Thunderbirds with, like, mullets and shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like this definitely has like a nostalgic feel to it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can see that. I don't think that's a negative. No, but the, the name the the name of the group of people. What would, rednecks? No, white trash. Oh, white trash. Oh, that's not negative. It's yeah. a fact. Yeah, like I think this is like good <laughs> white trash music, like Molly Hatchet. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe like ZZ Top or something like it has. Hey, just because people, just because white trash people listen to it and like it, doesn't mean that it's bad. You know, yeah, they, but, they they have good songs. Well, I just I just mean that you know, <clears throat> in terms of a media appeal, like it would yeah, that's it, would, it, it would, would curry the favor of them. Yeah, but it also it just it just sounds good because it's just a great band in general. I think. But anyways, now we can talk All about right. the. Uh, now we could talk about the latest release which is moonstruck and it's going to be on their forthcoming album that's titled what playing favorites pa- playing fa- which, favorites which will be out march 1st 2024 pog all right so pog. yeah so let's go ahead and listen to it and now and then i don't know if you'll see maybe an evolution in their sound maybe they i mean maybe i'm a normie and i'm dumb and i won't see it who well, knows let's hear, let's hear what you we'll have, see to, what say I have to say listen to it. yeah all right here we go so this is moonstruck by sheer mag all right, that was Moonstruck by Sheer Mag. And I would just like to say that if you currently drive a Trans Am or a Firebird, this should be on 8-track in your fucking car. Oh, yeah. And the 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 description of... Of the of appealing to the white trash segment of America, dude, I, spot on, I, fucking I, spot on, man. Dude, I, I was thinking, of like, dude, I, I'm gonna be honest, man. Like, I don't want to cut. I'm gonna cut you off real yeah, quick. Go ahead. I, I I was thinking in my head, this is some good ass white trash music, like. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you're not wrong because I literally, all right, in my head as this song was playing, I imagined myself in a T-top fucking Firebird with the fucking T's pulled out. Okay, yeah, so yeah. And I'm driving down a fucking fall road and my hair is blowing in the wind. Yeah. And I'm just like, that. it's like a road trip compilation yeah. of me in the South. Okay, yeah. that's, I'm going somewhere to do something. I don't know, but... That's the image that I got in my head. Oh, I got a little grimier. I'm thinking fucking trailer park, wife beater on, stained, <laughs> stained with grease stains. A fucking can of boxers. Half, a half drunk can of PBR in yeah, your hand. Yeah, Blue Ribbon, dude, sitting on a fucking lawn chair and just oh, cranking man. on the tunes. And yeah. D- yeah. I. It's it's so powerful that this, oh, this you know music what? is just creating that imagery, dude. It's the middle of summer, and you've got the hose, and the kid is in the pool, yeah, the little kiddie pool, yeah. and you're just squirting him with the fucking thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's definitely yeah. what that is about. 
And what about the song itself? What would you think? Oh, of? I actually enjoyed that one more than the first one. So, yeah, this one. Okay, so what what else do you have to say about it? Um, it's very much. This is this is some like that fucking rhythm in the background. Oh, that's some man. like that's some fucking. It's it's like a Leonard Skinner song, but better. Yeah, I, dude, that's the exact same thing I was thinking. I was thinking, um, yeah, they transitioned more into a southern rock type of sound. Yeah. And I wasn't actually expecting them to have a pedal steel guitar in the beginning, and there was a little bit of piano, mm. and there's also the acoustic guitar. Oh yeah, it, it, like to accentuate different, you know, throughout the song you kind of hear it, but the riffs, like, oh my god, I yeah, really man. the the bass line, the buttery bass line, dude, is extra mm. savory, and mm-hmm. the guitar riffs that, yeah. I'm like, oh, that yeah. was fucking excellent. Yeah, dude, I was like, I'm gonna shape my head with mullet. Yeah, yeah, oh, dude, definitely. I'm yeah. going out the back. Gonna have the rat tail going on. The rat tail, right? Yeah, yeah. man, it's it's mullet city up in here from now on. Yeah, and the <clears throat> yeah, this melt the. I think melodically, this song is more accessible than their previous because this is more like soft rock southern rock yeah. type of sound and yeah they really become polished i think um compared to their other stuff because their second album i wasn't really all that much into it because it was more of like an 80s hair metal type of sound mm. and i don't know if it really fit fit them but this this is like it feels like a smooth transition and like i said i mean the guitar riffs were fucking awesome there was actually a part in the song where um I forgot the woman's name, but the vocalist is, is, you know, repeating these verses mm-hmm. or, yeah. or, or the chorus and you can actually hear finger sweeps in the background. It oh, was yeah, like, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh man. It was like, you know, Wayne's world type of shit. Oh like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That was sweet. I, I enjoyed it. And I, I, we're definitely going to have to do an album review of, uh, of okay. this new album that comes out. March All right, 1st. cool. Then we have our fucking, we have our, like, our, well, if nothing comes out between now and then, we have our next fucking album review. Oh, yeah, ultimately. I'm yeah, hoping I mean, that there will be some shit that comes out, but... Yeah. So, I mean, shit, at least we have a episode planned in the future. That'll be our first March... Uh, the, the the first album review of March. For sure. I mean, if it's first. coming out the same... Yeah. So, yeah. That'll right, be I, I actually have a funnier story to share about yeah, this right. band, because I actually went out to... Well, I met one of the members. It's the guy that actually plays lead guitar in okay. the band. And his brother, I think, is also in the band. He's the bass player, so they're mm-hmm. both equally talented. I can't remember his last name is Seal. Maybe I can. Maybe you can hold it down and and. Uh, oh yeah, I can hold it down. So, you know, another another imagery that plays when singing this song or when hearing this song is some sort of orange fucking high speed car running from the police. You know, I, I get that imagery. You know, a lot of. Uh, just just a lot of good times. This is like a good t- it's like a good time song, I guess. It's like yeah. a like, you know, a good old boy having good old times. That's shit. That's what the name of the album should have been. Good old boys having good old times. Ah, man. So, interesting yeah. enough, they actually appeared on uh Late Night with Seth Meyers at one point in 2016. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Wow, that's a very interesting fact. Yeah, um I wonder if there will be more Appearances in the future, considering that they're with a third man records, yeah, you Jack White. You so would imagine if you know have, Jack White, you know the White Stripes and his solo yeah. project. So, and you would imagine that 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 label has the the juice, as they say. Oh yeah, to get shit done. Let's not pretend that uh, now Live Nation is savoring at the opportunity oh, to work with yeah. Mag at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, after the fact, they've been around for ten years. Yeah. Only then, only now, do yeah. they see the light on this band. Oh yeah. Because uh, they can see the dollar signs. Yeah. So just to just to quickly 
enlighten you all. The roster includes Tina Halliday, who I imagine is the vocalist, uh, Matt Palmer. I think he's the rhythm guitarist of the group. And then Kyle C. I don't know who, which one's which. I think Kyle is the lead guitarist. Mm-hmm. And Hart Seeley is the bass player. So it's either one of the two is the yeah. uh, lead guitar player. Well, anyways, so the first time I got to see them was like back in 2019. I got to see them perform uh, at this place called the Observatory in Costa Mesa slash um, Santa Ana. Okay. So got to see them perform there. And then like a day afterwards, they played at this place called the Zebulon, which Sedona played at. Um, I think a couple years later, but they were actually the headlining band for that show. Mm. And, uh, or at least I think they were well, anyways. So that particular show, uh, I mean, dude, the people were fucking rowdy. I mean, I was up close and personal with the band. It's I was right in front of the straight, the stage. And I mean, people were fucking mosh pitting and everything. And I cut, I actually have a, a scar on my aunt, my arm because I like, I cut myself oh, on shit. the show and, um, there was a guy that was standing next to me that was taking pictures and you saw I was, I was capturing a video and this guy, I forgot his name. I think his name is something Cowan. Well, anyways, this guy takes, uh, photographs of like different artists. And I, I went yeah. on his profile. He took pictures of like Billie Eilish and a bunch of other people. Oh shit. He's like, he's great photographer. Great yeah, dude. Yeah. If I, if I can, Oh, I think his, I think his, Instagram account is like hello Matt Cowan. So I think his name is Matt Cowan if I'm if I'm not mistaken. All right. So we were like capturing the shit, right? And yeah. it, it was like months after the fact that that particular show be I mean, I don't know why, but uh that show everybody was like hot blooded. There was, you know, it was it was sold out, I think. And it eventually became the live album for Oh, okay. And the guy that was standing next to that took the pictures, his photographs were the one one of the photographs that he he took ended up being the the cover for the live album oh that's cool yeah and i i captured the entire set of that group so i i tried offering it to them because i was like oh maybe i can get like free tickets or something out of this and yeah they never responded i'm like whatever fuck them oh like, man yeah and I, was, I was trying to be cool man like, yeah i mean shit I, I would love to you know capture more video footage of them and shit but i'll i'll, I'll eventually post it on youtube i actually have maybe a clip of them on my YouTube channel, but it's only like one song, but yeah, I mean, these guys are really cool and I mean, shit, now we're going to be reviewing them in the future. So we've got our fucking, well, at least we have one episode planned out for next, uh, you know, in the next two months, I believe. Hell yeah. Within the next, you know, six weeks. So, so yeah. Uh, well, hopefully you enjoyed the music and I don't know. We'll see what we got planned for next week. Um, so yeah, that more or less wraps up the episode. You got anything else to say? Um, no, I mean that's pretty much it. Just uh, you know, our usual, you know, you don't fucking follow us on anything. So as we said earlier, go follow these bands on their stuff and support them at least because mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, you know, at least somebody should get some support out of this. Yeah, dude. I mean shit, make make Sheermag the top artist at third band record labels by supporting their music and getting yeah. their follower. You know, send them to the fucking top, dude. They, then, de- they fucking deserve it. And then if if you if you're gonna do that and you're gonna comment on their stuff and say, hey, yeah, at least say all all gas, hey, no trash. Yeah, yeah, all gas, no trash. Game Rage Magazine. They were the ones. They yeah. were the ones talking about you. Yeah. Please. You know, we're only here because of them. 
Mm. And then, you know, maybe then they'll talk to us. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. 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 Probably not. But, you know. Yeah, well, hey, a, we do we do the dirt. We a, do the dirt. A boy can dream. Yeah, a boy can dream. And that's true. Yes, we do the dirt. Dirt McGirt. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, you know, go fucking see us on the stuff, on the social medias. And... Don't uh, don't sleep on the Wasteland Weekend podcast uh, into the waste, which will also be on Heady FM in the coming in the coming days. Uh, a new episode will be up just to experiment and see what happens. So mm. give it a listen uh, if you enjoy it, and let us know. And give your balls a tug. Yeah, and then give give your balls a tug, and uh, don't forget to follow us on everything. Please like, subscribe, comment. Please, we we, we really need it. We really need it. Yeah, <laughs> we, we really terms and service may change. <laughs> <laughs>